Hey guys, this is the Kicks, Giggles, and Questions podcast with your girl Mac. I am opinionated, I'm bougie, but also positive and uplifting. I do reviews of 90 Day Fiance, Love After Lockup, and Black Lightning. I'm going to start reviewing Black Lightning (laughs) starting with tomorrow's episode. I give honest, straightforward commentary on the shows while also finding the positivity in them and asking relevant questions. You can listen to the podcast on Spotify, Anchor, Apple, Google Podcasts, and several other podcast platforms. If you are listening on YouTube, please like, comment, and subscribe. I appreciate it. And you can follow me on Twitter at SS13Victory. Okay, so... I am reviewing Life After Lockup. This is season two, episode 44, apparently. It was named Rules and Receipts. Now, I don't understand how they are organizing the numbering of these episodes. I see it as season two, episode four or five. I I don't understand it because it's the second season of Life After Lockup. But anyways, let's just get to it. Uh, I'm going to start with Cheryl and Josh. So I still don't understand why they're here, but they are. And (laughs) they are having lunch or dinner. And Cheryl asks Josh, what do you think about us? And he, I don't think he wanted to answer the question. So he asked her the same question. (laughs) And she said, I think we're both crazy, a little crazy, but we um, understand each other so we can handle each other's crazy. And we can see... Cheryl's crazy. I don't really see how Josh is crazy since we've seen him. He seems very calm and stable, more so than her. So I don't really know what she's talking about. But this is a TV show. We're not seeing all of who they are. So, you know, we don't know for sure. Maybe he has his ways. Now, she's moving out there, apparently, with her son to move in and live with Josh. I don't I'm assuming that her parents have her other two kids. I don't know why she only brought the one child. I don't know. But she says, you know, they want to get their own place. But it'll be hard because of his criminal record, of course. But my thing is, did she find a job out there? Like, where's the money coming from? I know they're getting paid from the show. But still, like, she still has to find work. It's not like the money they're getting paid from this show is enough for a whole income. So is she going to find a job out there? Does she have one already? Like, I didn't understand. But right now they're staying with his mom. And of course, Cheryl and um, uh, Josh's mom don't like each other. And the mom is, you know, being rude while Cheryl and her are talking. And Cheryl's not really responding to her. But the mom is being a little nasty. And um, she, they were talking and she was saying, well, you know, are you guys going to break up again in a, in a month or something? And she said, well, we only broke up that time and it was his fault. You know, it wasn't all my fault. And she was like, yeah, I mean, it may have not been all your fault, but it was pretty much your fault. And <laughs> she was saying she didn't want to get married in that castle. And she said she wanted to get married in a form of mental health facility that is now a castle. And she said it might be haunted. And then her mom uh Josh's mom was like what what are you talking about and even Josh was like yeah I don't know what she's saying with that and the thing is I mean obviously that sounds weird but where somebody wants to get married is their choice right and and that's a choice between her and Josh I don't know where the money would come for them come from for them to really get married anywhere other than the courthouse by justice of the peace but anyways I'm not in their their pockets but if that's where she wants to get married, that's up to her. I wouldn't do it. Yes, it's weird, but like, 
it's her wedding. She can do what she wants. Anyways, <laughs> Josh says that he doesn't worry about Cheryl and his mom fighting anymore because he can't control it, he can't do anything about it, so he's not going to worry about it. Just as he's saying that to the producers, Cheryl comes out hollering, saying that um, his mom told her child to pick up after himself or something, and then she did it instead, and she got mad. They they both had mics on, so we, we heard it, and Cheryl's mom sounded pretty calm. She wasn't yelling. She wasn't, like, antagonistic or rude. She just said to the little boy, you know, go in the bathroom, clean up after your mess, like, pretty nonchalant, just calm. Um, and then Cheryl just started going off, and I think that... I think that Cheryl is just, I think that there's pent up anger and, you know, she's annoyed that she's in this woman's house. The woman was saying all these rude things and she wasn't responding. And so I think it just, her anger built up and she blew up. She just, you know, when you're upset at somebody or about something and you're holding it all in and then something small just sets you off. I think that's what happened with her. Whether the woman hit her or not, I don't know. We didn't see that. But, um, what else is there to say about that? So next... <laughs> Tracy and Clint, um, nothing really happens here. Tracy went, uh, pardon me, Clint went to speak to an attorney about possibly bonding Tracy out of jail. I don't know if he has to pay the whole amount or if he just has to pay a percentage. I'm not sure. They didn't really get into that. But the the lawyer is just pretty much telling him that if she were to go to rehab, that could show, you know, that could show the judge that she's serious about getting over her drug pro problem and could keep her from going to prison. What I don't understand is why going to rehab never came up before. Like, did he never have that conversation with her when she first came out of prison or the second time when she came out of prison? Uh, I don't get it. So I, I don't understand. And he said um, that her her addiction needs to stop because he doesn't want to wait 20 years to be with her. And I was thinking, well, Clint, addictions don't just stop. <laughs> People who are addicts, especially clearly hardcore addicts, for all of them, for years all or all of their adult life, like Tracy, this woman's not in her 20s. She's been a drug addict probably since who knows when. She's never been a functioning, you know, adult, healthy functioning adult. So um, she needs treatment. She needs help. She needs intensive inpatient drug uh treatment so i hope that she's get, she's getting that I, I really do because she needs it i don't I, I hope tracy gets herself together really i i don't know what happened to her clearly something there must be some trauma in her life that caused her addiction i really hope she gets help i don't know that her and clint are good for each other they both seem to have issues i still don't know what clint's problem is i still don't understand what's wrong with him but yeah so next Megan, oh, pardon me, Megan, Michael, and Sarah. So, Michael is back in Flint, Michigan. He's talking to his sister, Day Day. And, you know, Day Day is a teenage girl, so I don't have a lot of opinions about her. But something about her just, I don't know. <laughs> I'm not, I'm, I don't know. Anyway, so, he's having, he's talking to Day Day, telling her, you know, why he went to Texas to see Megan. And she is asking him, like, okay, so are you still with Megan? And he's saying, I'm always going to love her. We're cool or whatever, but... Um, you know, she hooked up with Rock, and then, um, he said that she betrayed him, which, I am so over this guy. I just, <laughs> it's, it's, it's just shocking to me. It's not shocking, but it's, it's, it boggles the mind that this guy literally 
cannot see that he has done anything wrong in his life, <laughs> yet he he can actually say that Megan betrayed him when he... I don't even want to get into this anymore. I am so sick and tired of seeing this man's face. <laughs> but um, Day Day was pretty much saying to him, listen, we both know what it's like to not have a father in our lives. I don't want that to happen to Aviana and Rain. Are you going to make that effort? And he's saying he's always going to put his kids first. And I'm like, are you doing that though? <laughs> like, you haven't mentioned your children this whole t- Like, what are you talking about? I mean, anyways... So then we go to Sarah in Rochester, New York, um, to her house, which the house looked nice. I was like, wait a minute, does Sarah own this house? (laughs) Did she buy a house? Good for her. (laughs) That's impressive. Um, so Sarah's calls Michael, they have a conversation and she's like, okay, so you can go to Texas, but you can't come and see your kids. Like you can't pick up the phone to talk to your children. And then she's telling him straight up, listen, I'm going to cut off your phone. And this man said, why are you doing this right now? And I just, I don't know what world Michael is living. I'm like, so what are you talking about? (laughs) You're asking her why she's not going to keep paying your phone, why you're not spending time with her kid, your children, you know, talking to all these other females. You can find time to travel and go see them and talk to them, but you can't find no time to spend with your kids. And you're asking her why she's going to stop paying you your phone. I, I just... Anyways, so then he said, oh, Sarah's out of bounds. Um, She's just jealous because I'm not with her anymore. And then she's imagining things. And I was like, wait a minute, hold up, hold up, hold up, time out. Slow up, slow up, slow up. She has literal phone records of you getting cash apps and, and, and calling, speaking to dozens or who knows how many, more than 20 or up to 20 women. That's not imagining. That's real. (laughs) Like, what are you talking about? (laughs) That's 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 from the phone company. Like, what? I mean, Michael is just—it's amazing how he literally does not know. He he does not know what self-reflection is. He doesn't know what it means to look in the mirror. No self-awareness. Like, I hope that one day in his life, somebody reads him for filth. Like, he needs somebody that he actually likes or cares about to like tell him about himself to really say dude you have do you know what self-awareness is like explain that to him and say you don't have it you can judge and say other people betrayed you and all this but you have no ability to look yourself in the mirror and be honest with yourself about the things you do you are a mess somebody needs to read him i'm so sick of seeing him anyways (laughs) next next (laughs) lacy and shane Okay, so we see Lacey, she's making lunch for her two children, very small children. Um, Little boy has glasses. I, I always like, when I see little children with glasses, I'm like, oh my gosh. But anyways, their eyes always look like so big. Okay, so anyways, she's making lunch for them and she's asking them, what do you guys think of Shane? And they're saying they love him and, and he loves them and they like him and um, Shane comes up and he told those children that he loved them and they hugged them and kissed him. And I was like, wow, wow. <laughs> you know, I mean, let me, let me say what my problem with this scene was. It was, it seemed, it was a seemingly innocent scene, but my, my, my concern is that Lacey is allowing her children to get close to Shane. This show maybe have its scripted moments 
Shane and her are both adults and, you know, they can participate and they're getting paid and they can do certain things. But these kids are not actors. And him living in the house with them was not, you know, fake. And so I'm just concerned about when she gets tired of Shane, when she moves on to John or some other dude, how her children are going to handle then Shane not being there anymore. Since clearly they are they are um, getting attached to him. And I think that is that's something that is going to make me dislike uh, Lacey even more. It's going to give me another reason to, to dislike her. So <laughs> Shane got a job. Um, I don't remember exactly what it was, <laughs> but it did sound like something involving manual labor. Um, good for him. I'm glad he found a job. I was concerned that he was going to be a bum. So <laughs> I'm glad that he got a job. He said it's his first job ever. God bless. I hope that he continues to work and, and learns how to be a responsible adult. Now, John is out of jail. He's in a drug treatment program, rehab. Um, he got he got lucky. He got a judge that wanted to give him a chance. So I, apparently, if he finishes the drug finishes the drug treatment program, he may not go to jail. But he, you know, he doesn't know for sure. Um, and so we see him talking to what I'm thinking might be his sponsor or a recovery specialist counselor. And. He is talking about how he feels like, you know, he's doing better and he wants to, you know, he doesn't want to go back to jail and everything. And I was thinking he looks really good. Like, he doesn't look strung out and toe up from the floor up like Tracy. So he must really have gone through detox and everything. Um, Tracy needs a drug treatment program like this, and I hope she gets into one. So, um, but he's still saying, of course, he's saying he wants to get back with her and he hopes that when they meet and see each other again, their sparks will fly. And it's just interesting to me. I know that we expected this. However, he's clearly actually in a, a, a rehab program or he was in a rehab program. And I would think that the guy, his mentor, whoever would, would encourage him to let go of people from the past that have been toxic. Maybe he's not being 100% honest with his mentor or sponsor or whatever about, um, the issues with him and Lacey's relationship, but I would think when people are trying to get over an addiction that they they want to leave all the negative behavior and negative people that drew them into their um, into their addiction in the past and just move forward. Yes, I understand making amends and apologizing, and if that's all he wanted to do with Lacey, I think that would be fine. But it's just I'm I'm questioning how serious he is about his recovery since he doesn't he still wants to go back to someone who he probably has not had a healthy relationship with and even if their healthy relationship was healthy look how it ended look how she treated you if you want to start over and, and have a better life and not be addicted and not go to jail why would you even want to go back to Lacey she just doesn't y'all don't seem good for each other she's clearly not making the healthiest decision so why would you even want to get wrapped up in that and even if she was healthy as someone who's trying to get over an addiction and, and walk the straight and narrow, why are you going in trying to ruin somebody's marriage? Like, and get, like, why is he not accepting that their relationship is over and just moving forward? I would think that would be a part of recovery or that his mentor would encourage him to do that. But again, I don't know how much he's telling his mentor, his sponsor, the people who are helping him get over the addiction in the program. I don't know. He's being 100% honest with them. I don't know. So now Shane is talking to that same sketchy looking friend. And, <laughs> um... He's pretty much, he admits that he, before him and Lacey got married, that he got drunk. He wanted to get back at her. Probably when she had like fussed him out in that parking lot and disrespected him. And that he cheated on her. That he got drunk and just slept with some random chick. He didn't know who it is. Um, and he's telling his friend that he wants to, you know, 
admitted to her. And the friend is like, mm, I don't know if you should do that. <laughs> you know, you might lose her. And he probably will. This is probably what's going to allow her to run back to John. It's going to give her excuse to run back to John. And then John is going to, you know, punk him out like that scene that we saw um, in the the original trailer for the new season, for this season. So his friend is like, man, I'll keep a couch open for you. Because <laughs> he's like, your relationship is about to be over. And it's just interesting... This sketchy looking friend is actually really thoughtful and insightful. Like everything he's saying is seems really thoughtful and like he really um cares about Shane and, and, and just wants him to make the right decision. So I think he actually has a good friend in this guy. Um so yeah. Oh my gosh. I forgot okay, let me go back. Megan Michael's hair. See, I really wanted to stop talking about them. I completely forgot. So Michael is going to visit his kids He's and he's bringing the chick that, you know, he, we now know he lives in Miami with. That's his girlfriend, I guess. I don't know. So <laughs> he's bringing her with him to meet his kids. He has not said to Sarah that he's bringing a female. And I just don't understand how he justifies this. Like, uh, how is it okay to to bring a woman that to meet your kids and you have not told your ex, really not your ex yet, because they're still legally married. You have not told her you're bringing a woman. It's like, how is that okay? And then it sounds like the chick has kids. So to me, I'm like, so she would be okay with her ex, the father of her kids, bringing a random woman that she's never met. She's never seen a day in her life. She doesn't know who she is to meet her children. You'd be okay with that? Like, that's not okay. That's not what grown, mature adults do in a co-parenting relationship. Like... Oh, okay, anyways, <laughs> now we'll move on to Angela and Tony. Angela has been allowing Tony to sleep in her car, and she said she felt, felt sorry for him, and I was like, why? why? Why did you feel sorry for him? For what? What kind of, like, anyways, <laughs> so then she asked him, well, he comes in and he's like, baby, I love you. She's not speaking to him. She's giving him kind of a silent treatment. And then she asks him, are you conning me? And I was like, what kind of question is that? <laughs> like, have a, he's not going to tell you he's conning you, but why are you even asking that? It's obvious that he is. Everything he's done has shown you that he is. Like, what? So <laughs> then Tony Zussie behind says that he has cheated on six girlfriends in his life. And I'm like, okay, big surprise. Um... <laughs> I don't know if he's told Angela that she now she knows <laughs> and I don't understand why she would think he he was going to change or she was going to be different like did she talk to him about his past relationships does she know anything about you know how he's conducting himself in his past relationships like when you date and you get to know somebody you ask them about those things you ask them about their past relationships you ask them how they conducted themselves and what happened because you want to understand how they function in relationships like I don't understand how Angela like rationalizes not how she rationalizes but I don't understand how she's going about this relationship and I still don't understand why she's in it we I really need somebody to start like online on social media to do some digging into Angela's past because we don't know anything about her past I don't understand why she is dealing with this like I I can't tell I don't get the vibe that she has low self-esteem. I don't get the vibe that she's insecure. This can't all be about sex because even before he had the weight, he wasn't that good looking. Now he's fat. I mean, what is this? <laughs> it just does not make sense. I, um, 
So then she creates these rules that she writes down that she says he has to follow. And I'm like, (sighs) (laughs) like, is it not obvious to her that if you have to lay down those types of rules, like no prostitutes, all this stuff, that you probably don't have a healthy relationship. (laughs) I'm not saying that people in healthy relationships don't have certain things that they, they do, but they're not things like that. Like anyways, so then she says she wants access to his phone. He gives her her phone and he won't tell her the passcode. He's telling her, Oh, it's two, two, two. And then it doesn't work. And then he's like, Oh no, I changed it to three, three, three. He's straight up lying to her face, refusing to give her his passcode. And she's still, anyways, he says he doesn't want her in his phone. He's going to try to follow the rules. But like with that, you know, it may not even be worth it. And I'm just like, you know, if you're in a relationship with where you trust the person, you trust each other and you have nothing to hide, you're not going to have a problem giving the person your passcode and letting them go on your phone. But of course he has things to hide. And that little part with him not giving her his passcode makes that obvious like Angela I just do not understand anyways Lamar and Andrea (laughs) so Lamar we see Andrea like on her knees praying and I'm thinking oh are you repenting for all that cursing and acting up you did in the last episode that we saw (laughs) y'all um so she wants to tell her kids that Lamar is Priscilla's father and Lamar is, you know, kind of comforting her. She tells him that she admitted it to her friends. And he's like, man, I wish you had talked to me before you did that. And he's just, you know, being tender, trying to comfort her. It was nice actually to see that. And so she tells him, we, we've got to tell the kids. And um, she's. it's like she wants Lamar to be the one to say it. And I'm like, why is she pawning it off on him? Uh, they should just do it together. It's not just his responsibilities, both of their responsibilities. And But he agrees to it. He doesn't really fight her on it. And he did say something about how, like, when he found out that she was pregnant, it made him want to, you know, keep his, his mind straight to get out of prison. Like, he was saying he could have gotten into some bad things, but he um, that kept him, like, focused to, to not get... Uh, caught up in any foolishness in prison and I was like wow you know that's really good that shows that he loves Priscilla and he loved her and he really wanted to be able to come out of prison so he could be with her and be with his child and and, um, they showed that little clip of him uh, you know teasing her about her teeth and everything and it was so cute you can see he loves that little girl you you can Um, and even before we found out like thinking about uh, the, the first season of Life After Lockup thinking about like when he was coming home and the little girl was like daddy daddy or she was so excited and he was so happy to see her like you you could tell that he was the dad I mean you wouldn't have thought that at the time but um you could see their connection so so they agree that they're gonna tell the kids he you know he tries to fill her up he tries to see if he could get some get it in and she shut him down (laughs) she was like good night and he you know um so they went to this soda shop or something and the girl is telling them what the options are and he was like, oh, can I get some tequila in that? And she was like, uh, no, this is Utah. We don't have that. And I was like, 
wait, they don't sell alcohol in Utah? Or, I mean, I would think they didn't have alcohol in this type of store, obviously. And I would think, why wouldn't she just say, like, you know, we don't sell alcohol over here. But she was like, no, this is Utah. We don't have that. And I'm like, why she got to say it like that? <laughs> like, anyways, all she had to do was say, we don't sell alcohol here. Like, the attitude can go. <laughs> um, so, something I thought was interesting was that Andrea kept saying that them having sex in prison was a crime. That's why they had to keep it a secret because he was still on probation. They didn't want to go to jail or get him in trouble. But she never seemed to have an issue with having sex, like premarital sex. She never said that. And I don't know anything about the Mormon religion, but I'm going to just assume (laughs) that... Premarital sex is probably not condoned in that religion. So it's just interesting to me that the woman who's been so I'm a Mormon, I'm a Mormon didn't have no problem (laughs) with having sex before marriage, but she was so concerned about the crime aspect, which I get, but she had no problem with that. Like, anyway, so (laughs) she just didn't seem concerned about it. She didn't mention it at all. Also, I know why they're telling the kids this in public. It's for the show, but they could have also done it in the privacy of their home. So, you know, whatever. Anyways, she tells them, and then she's like, I know y'all thought I was, I got pregnant by the Holy Spirit. I'm like, was that a joke? Because it's not funny. Like, <laughs> those kids are like, no, of course, we ain't stupid. Like, <laughs> so, they, the kids didn't care about the details. They didn't even care about the fact that he is the father. They just cared about, like, why didn't you tell, why didn't you tell us before you told your friends? That's what they didn't like. And I think they had every right to be irritated about that. Um, I mean, I understand, like, she probably felt more comfortable with her friends. But, like, yeah, I mean, you could have told your kids before your friends. Like, I could see them being why they were upset about that. And Nyla walks out because she's, like, feels like her mom keeps lying to her. And she said she she's starting to feel that she can't trust her mother because there's so many things that she's lied about and that she has not just revealed. And I think it's just sad that that she feels that way. I understand that she's a teenage girl, but we don't know what else Andrea has lied to her kids about. And it's not it's not that Andrea has to tell her kids that she had sex or who she's having sex with. It's just a matter that she told her friends before her kids. And I do think she could have told her kids before. She could have told her kids then told her friends. And I, I understand Nyla being upset about that. Um, and I still, I do think that she needs to talk to her daughter and and try to repair that. Because regardless of whether it's reasonable or not for Nyla to feel that way, that's how she feels. And so that needs to be addressed. <laughs> so um, I don't think telling her friends before her kids was a good decision. That's just me. Now, the whole thing of having sex in the prison closet... Um, I don't, okay, (laughs) the problem with that is not that it was in public. The problem is that it was in prison. Like, people have, you know, if people, if people want to have sex in their car or have sex um, in, you know, somebody's office or, you know, in some type of public place, two people who are free individuals in a car wash like they did in in the first season, that's their business. Because if it's two free people who are not imprisoned who want to engage in that in a public place, that's their business. You know, maybe that's exciting. But the problem with it was not that it was in public. It was that it was in prison, that one of the individuals was not free and that they didn't have a choice, apparently. That's the problem. That's the position that I think a lot of people would not want to be in, where you don't have a 
choice that that's all you can do. People who are having sex in other public places are making a choice because they're free individuals. They can do that because they have a free choice to do it. Not because they have no other choice because somebody is in prison. That's the problem with it. Um, It's not that it's nasty. It's just that it's sad that, you know, to me, I wouldn't be happy that I had no choice. If I have a choice to have sex in the car because I want to and I'm a free person to do what I want, then of course, or wherever else. But if you're not free and it's just that this is all that we can do, we don't have an option. No, if you have options, great. But that wasn't an option. That's all they could do. And that's why I'm like, that's a shame that that's I mean, now that's not the case anymore. So they're good. But, you know, so Nyla, um, Lamar talks to Nyla because she walks out. She's upset. And I I liked um, his interaction with her. She seemed to not be irritated at him and she seemed to be free telling him how she felt. And I'm glad she got to talk to him, but she needs to talk to her mom. Her mom needs to understand how she feels. And I'm just, I'm disliking Andrea more and more. Um, Andrea and Lamar are still my favorite couple. They're the most entertaining. I think um, they would, it would be good to see them on a spinoff. Um, the little girl, I mean, first of all, I didn't know that the daughter Priscilla was seven. I thought she was like five and she's, she's so well-spoken and, and, um, you know, she told, she kind of read Andrea. She was like, mom, you shouldn't have felt like you had to hide that from us. You you can tell us we're your kids. And I was like, how old is she? (laughs) Like that was so mature. And even Tennyson was like, um, you know, you lied or and she was like, but I didn't lie. And I'm like, what you talking about? You didn't lie. <laughs> you did lie. That is lying. Like her kids, stay reading her and, and they just, I mean, she's, I don't understand how she's raised them with so much sense. Like they're so mature and well-spoken and, and sensible and she's not, but <laughs> like she's done a good job raising them, but they seem smarter than her. <laughs> so, um, I do think she needs to talk to her daughter. She needs to apologize to her daughter um, I don't know, some of y'all not going to agree with me about that, but I do. I think she needs to apologize to her kids or at the very least acknowledge their feelings. Even if you're not going to apologize, acknowledge how they feel about it. Don't just ignore their feelings because just because they're teenagers doesn't mean their feelings are not valid. Even if, you know, you feel like as an adult, you didn't have to tell them, still acknowledge their feelings or they're going to resent you, you know? Or they're, they're going to feel distant and they're not going to communicate. I mean, Nyla, I really think she does need to speak to her because Nyla could start rebelling. For her to say, I don't trust my mother, not, that means she could start not listening to her, you know. And she, and she could question the whole Mormon thing and her mom's morality. And just, not from the having sex, but from not telling them. And she could start rebelling, which you don't want. So, I don't know if Andrea cares about how her kids even feel. I don't know. Anyways, um, this was a decent episode. Um... We'll see what happens. It, not a lot went down. I guess next week we're going to see Michael bring his girlfriend Maria to meet his kids and with Sarah. And, you know, I want to say I hope Sarah doesn't go off. But, you know, she's probably going to go off. And she has a right to because, you know, he's still being trifling. And, I mean, I'm starting to feel for the first time a little for, for Sarah because she's going to have to keep dealing with this joker. And just as someone who um, whose father wasn't in my life as much, like, I... I I understand the frustration, and so um, I really hope that Sarah is able to find a better guy that can be take take that role and be a father to her daughters. And I hope that she's able to help her daughters so they don't have um, emotional issues because of Michael. Uh, Michael is trash. So. Thank you for listening, guys. Uh, that is my review of this latest episode of Life After Lockup. 
I am going to try, try, I'm not going to promise this time, I'm going to try to live tweet 90 Day Fiance <laughs> and get um, that review done for tomorrow uh, at the latest Tuesday, uh, the review for next week. I'm going to just upload both <laughs> together and I'm going to try my best to watch Black Lightning and do a review. I mean, I'm watching, I just haven't done a review. So uh, thank you for listening. Again, if you are watching, listening on YouTube, please like, comment, and subscribe. I appreciate it. You can follow me at SS13Victory on Twitter. And I'm going to try to live tweet tonight, 90 Day Fiance. And um, yeah, review Black Lightning this week. It's the third episode since they've come back from hiatus. Um, So again, thank you for listening, guys. And I'll see you Well, hopefully tomorrow, Tuesday for 90 Day Fiance and Black Lightning. Bye.